Hello, I'm Jody Heiss, and welcome to the second episode of the Freedom Caucus podcast. And for more Freedom Caucus content, you can follow us at facebook.com slash freedomcaucus or through our Twitter handle at Freedom Caucus. All right, friends, let me catch you up on a couple of things. Last week, House Democrats passed H.R. 1, known as the For the People Act. Frankly, this is anything but for the people. And, you know, gratefully, this is not going to be signed into law by President Trump. But the disturbing thing is this is a dangerous attempt to rewrite our election laws, which, frankly, is something that ought to be left up to the states. It is a horrible, blatant federal power grab from Democrats to take over our election process. Now, I'm sure you're hearing some about this bill, but it's just filled with horrible things. For example, one of the things in here that you may not have heard of is that this bill would expose the identities of people who give to nonprofit organizations. I mean, just think of this. Your identity, if you give to a nonprofit, would be made public, and that would enable people who don't like the nonprofit that you gave to, they would know that you gave and it would open you up to potential harassment. It would open up conservatives all across the country to potential harassment from those on the left. And this this type of thing is already happening. We are already seeing federal employees harassed when they go to restaurants or in public places with their families. H.R. 1 would just make that problem even worse for all conservatives. It would also politicize the Federal Election Commission. If there is any commission, any place where we don't need politics involved, it's in the way we do elections. We don't need politics trying to sway or tip the scales when it relates to how we do elections. H.R. 1 would do that. Now, let me just give you a little inside baseball. Every new Congress, the Speaker of the House, whomever that may be, Republican or Democrat, The Speaker of the House is always given the right to lay forth the first 10 bills, the major 10 bills of that Congress. So H.R. 1, H.R. 2, H.R. 3, all the way to 10, the Speaker of the House is able to put forward. And that kind of sets the stage, sets the standard, lays forth the priorities of that upcoming Congress. So, for example, when the Republicans are in control Uh, Last Congress, our first bill, H.R. 1, dealt with the tax cut bill. That was a top priority for us. So every Congress, you have the first 10 major bills the Speaker of the House uh, identifies. Now, Nancy Pelosi has just put forth what the first 10 bills are going to be. It gives us a glimpse into what the priorities of the Democrat Party are going to be. There was a good article last week. I would encourage you to go read this. It was from Roll Call where they walk through these first 10 bills in greater detail. And I would encourage you to check that out. If you have trouble finding it, you can go to our Twitter page, at Freedom Caucus, and and locate it there. But this gives us insight as to what the Democrats want you to know about their priorities. I've already told you about H.R. 1. Now, there are a couple of these first 10 bills that we can probably find some common ground. For example, H.R. 2. Uh, is an infrastructure bill. This, of course, is a top priority of the president, so I think we can potentially find some common ground here. In a similar way, H.R. 3 is going to try to find a way to lower the cost of prescription drugs. We ought to be able to get some agreement there. But beyond H.R. 2 and 3, there's some sobering things to look at. For example, H.R. 4 is going to piggyback on H.R. 1 and try to get federal 
the federal government more control, give them greater control as to what states can do in organizing their election process. That bill is actually going to try to overturn a Supreme Court decision. You come to H.R. 5, that is an LGBTQ equality bill that likely is going to be problematic for religious liberties. H.R. 6 is going to be an immigration bill that, that is going to be just another version of the DREAM Act, which gives democratic gifts to those who are here illegally while slamming the door on the conservative attempt for border security and interior law enforcement. H.R. 8 has already passed. It was a gun control bill that puts more pressure and, frankly, harassment on law-abiding Americans while doing nothing to address the real problem of crime in this country. is just another attempt to attack the Second Amendment with more flawed ideas. H.R. 9 is going to be a climate-related bill. We all have seen uh, AOC's bill uh, recently, the Green New Deal. $93 trillion estimated. And by the way, the Democrats are totally unconcerned with the cost of that uh, potential bill. And then H.R. 10, that's the only one we don't yet know. That is going to be a surprise for all of us from Nancy Pelosi. But here's the point. You put all these bills together and it is sobering. It is scary. The Democrats are trying to take away your freedoms and give us a country where the federal government reaches further and further into our lives while giving those who are here illegally a pass. They want to give us an agenda that punishes conservatives while tipping the scales in favor of a permanent liberal majority here in Congress and across the country. If Congress was a, were a card game, what we have just been given is the hand. The Democrats just showed us their hand. And I don't like what I see. But in light of all that, there is a silver lining. For the first time since the Freedom Caucus has existed, we have now a ranking member of a major committee. And that brings us to the guest who we have with us, yet another founding member of the House Freedom Caucus, so glad to have Jim Jordan with us. If, if you've been watching any of the hearings about the investigations as to what happened during the 2016 elections, if you have been paying any attention to investigations that have been going through the House of Representatives in the last few years, there is no doubt you have come to love, appreciate, and deeply respect Jim Jordan, who now is, as I mentioned a while ago, the new ranking member of the House Oversight Committee, which is a huge, huge responsibility. And I'll say already, Jim is just doing a fantastic job. Without question, he's the toughest investigator on Capitol Hill. He goes after the truth. He goes after it with unflinching resolve. Many of you know that he served on the Benghazi Committee. He also sits on the Judiciary Committee. As I said before, Jim is a founding member of the Freedom Caucus. He was our very first chairman. He led us through those difficult days with Obama as our president and also some pretty significant fights with our own leadership. And before coming to Congress, Jim worked in the Ohio State House and Senate. But before that, uh, he was known all throughout the country as just an amazing wrestler. He's a four-time state champion, a two-time national champion wrestler for the University of Wisconsin. 
And I can say without question, he brought that fighting spirit, that winning spirit to Washington, D.C. Jim, I can't tell you how glad we're uh, honored to have you on the Freedom Caucus podcast. Well, my, my pleasure. Um, and it's, it's, my, it's my honor to serve with, with you, Jody. Um, we appreciate your intensity and toughness and your commitment to truth and principles. So it's a, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, today for this and for uh, uh, it's, a, it's a real honor to have the chance to work with you here in the United States Congress. Well, thanks. You know, we, we I think it's good for people just to hear a little bit is uh, about you and about uh, last week we had Mark Meadows on with us and uh, the, 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 the early days in Congress. What got you so interested in investigations? You've become so powerful well, in this. No, uh, I hate the double standard. I hate it. Our constituents hate it. It's not it's not what this great country is about. This idea that there's two set of rules now. One one set of rules for us regular folk, uh, you know, Jody Heiss, Jim Jordan, a couple good good old country boys, and 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 the and the folks that we get the privilege of serving. One set of rules for all of us, but a different set if you're part of the politically connected class here. If your name is Clinton, Cummings, not Cummings, Cohen, Lerner, Lynch, uh, Page, Struck, all these people we've heard about. Uh, if if you got if your if your name is that, it's different. Uh, that is not supposed to be how it works in this country. It is, it is supposed to be equal treatment under the law. And so you start seeing some of the things that went on, um, like with, with the IRS, where they systematically targeted people for their political beliefs just because they were conservatives. Um, that's as wrong as it gets. And, you know, I feel like the oversight function of, of the United States Congress is to make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen, that, that it's equal treatment uh, for all. Uh, and it's equal treatment under the law, and that's what we got to. That's why we got to fight and make sure we expose uh, the wrongdoing when it when it, it in fact happens. And that passion obviously burns deeply in you. You mentioned the the investigation with the IRS. That was a huge deal. Oh my goodness. Uh, and so you've had you've had some major investigations, some major issues like that one with the IRS, like the Benghazi attack. Uh, what are the what are some of the things about those investigations? that probably most of our listeners may not know anything about? Well, the first thing is that they go to the fundamentals. I mean, you think about an agency with the power that the IRS has over our lives and the fact that they systematically and for a sustained period of time targeted people for their political beliefs. I mean, you think about the, the privileges we have as being uh, Americans under the, under the Constitution, under the Bill of Rights, under the First Amendment. First Amendment, you, you, your right to practice your faith the way you want, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government, your, your, your right to freedom of the press. But the most fundamental liberty you have under the First Amendment is your right to speak, and particularly to speak in a political fashion. And yet that's exactly, exactly and precisely what the IRS went after. These groups who were seeking tax-exempt status, which used to be just kind of a rubber stamp thing, they were harassing groups for doing that because they were political uh, conservative groups, excuse me, who were against Obamacare and against the crazy spending. So that's why you get so focused on it. And then with Benghazi, your government, your government is supposed to tell you the truth. And we had four amazing Americans, Ambassador Stevens, Sean Smith, Glenn Doherty, and Tyrone Woods, who gave their life for our country on September 11, 2012. And while that fight was still going on, Tyrone Woods and Glenn Doherty are still on the roof of the annex fighting for their lives and defending their fellow citizens. While that fight was still going on, the Secretary of State, Secretary Clinton, issued a statement that became the official statement of our government. At 10.08 that evening, she said this, Some have sought to justify that vicious behavior as a response to inflammatory material posted on the Internet. She was blaming a video before the fight was even over. Instead of being focused on helping our people who were, as I said, fighting for their lives, 
they were misleading the American people because we know the video wasn't the cause of it. Because the very next day she told the Egyptian prime minister, excuse me, Egyptian ambassador, she told him, direct quote, she told him, we know the video had nothing to do with it. It was a planned attack, not a protest. So privately wow. telling the truth, publicly telling the American people something different. And they did it because they were 56 days before an election. So you can't have the IRS harassing people. You can't have your government misleading the people. And when those kind of things happen, I feel like it's our job as members of the Oversight Committee to expose it and make sure the American people get the full story. That's unbelievable. And I do believe that's information that most of our listeners really don't know the backdrop of what was going on. And the, the question that everyone scratches their head over is why? And you said it was because of an election. What, what was really, what do you think was behind that decision? 56 days. They were 56 days out from an election. The narrative in 2012, you got to remember, uh, President Obama was seeking re-election. Secretary Clinton was planning on running four years later. And we know that she did. Thank goodness the American people selected Donald That's Trump. Right. Um, so it was, it was leading up to the election. And remember the narrative. The narrative was al-Qaeda's uh, uh, on the run and uh, uh, bin Laden's dead and, and GM's alive. Remember, bin Laden's dead, GM's alive. That was, that was the narrative. And so... There wasn't much else good to point at. We had this Obamacare, which is driving up costs. We had an economy that wasn't where it needed to be. But the one thing the Obama administration could point at is there hadn't really been a, a, a terrorist attack, thank goodness, and until September 11, 2012 in Benghazi, Libya. And so they couldn't have that narrative out there as in any way being their fault. So they had to come up with this video-inspired protest that led to this uh, this attack that cost four Americans their lives. It's unbelievable what politics does in this city and how it drives people mm -hmm. to do horrible things, like even not defending our own Americans. Let's shift gears a little bit if we can, Jim. Mm -hmm. we, we now are in the minority. You are the ranking member of the Oversight Committee, which is a huge responsibility, uh, a great honor, and you have proven yourself totally worthy of that. But uh, what what is the position like now, especially being in the minority and the minority leader on that committee? Well, the focus never changes. The focus is the truth uh, and making sure the American people understand uh, what happened when we do these and you know, get to the truth when, when there's any type of investigation going on. And then also there's the broader issue of we do want the government that Americans are taxed to support. We want it to work efficiency, uh, efficiently and, and, and effectively. Um, so that's the 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 charge of the committee, if you will. Um, I, I, I've always enjoyed being on the committee. Uh, I, I feel privileged to have the role that we have now. Um, and I love serving with people like you, Jody. You do a tremendous job on, on, on that committee and, and helping us get to the truth and helping us hold government accountable. I do think what's going to happen this this Congress, and you're already seeing it, the Democrats are going to spend their time investigating the president. Um, they're so focused on getting the president, uh, I, I, in my mind, way too focused on that and not focused on helping the country. But I don't, I don't see him changing. And you can tell by their first, their first big hearing. Their first big hearing was Michael right. Cohen, a guy who, he was their first announced witness for this Congress, a guy who in two months is going to prison for lying to Congress. And when they brought him in front of Congress a couple of weeks ago, he did what? He lied yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And we know he did. He lied certainly on two issues, without a doubt. The issue that he, did, he said he didn't want to work in the White House, and everyone said, yes, he did. And he's on record saying it uh, a few years ago that he wanted to. And then the issue of the pardon, saying he did not seek a pardon when, in fact, he did. So um, 
I think they're going to investigate the president. Our job is, again, to focus on the truth. And I think if we do that, the American people American people are sharp. They'll get it, and they'll see what, what, what's really going on. Do you on. think the Democrats overplay their hand in the next two years? You know, I'll, I'll leave that up to the political experts in the Democrat Party. Um, what I what I do know is I don't think they can help themselves. Yeah, I, think I don't either. I think they're going to really move don't. to impeachment because um, they're just— they're so focused on going after the president and not focused, in my judgment, on helping the country. And they're, they're focused on doing that. Think about it. In a, in a context of look at what's happened in the last two years. I mean, in the last two years, we, we've, regulations have been reduced. Taxes have been cut. The economy is growing at an unbelievable rate. Lowest unemployment in 50 years. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh on the court. We're out of the crazy Iran deal. The embassy is now in Jerusalem. The hostages have come home from North Korea. There's a new NAFTA agreement on the way, just to name a few. Wow. That's the record under President Trump, and yet they're going to investigate him for anything and everything. And that's just, unfortunately, the way they, they've chose to operate. Absolutely unbelievable. Jim, I I can't thank you enough for your incredible leadership. Uh, It is just a tremendous honor to be able to not only uh, watch and witness uh, and from so many perspectives be mentored under your leadership here is just incredible. We do have one final question as we start going off just to um, uh, someone on Twitter, and uh, you you will appreciate this. but. But the bottom line is, uh, where do you get your suits? Uh, who who sells suits without a jacket? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's let's see. I wear a jacket on the I wear a jacket uh, on the House floor because you're required. I wear it when I'm around the president. Uh, anytime we're in the White House, I, I uh, wear a jacket. I wore a jacket the day I got married and for our kids' weddings. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, I don't really like it. And I've noticed, too, Mr. Heiss, you don't like it wearing it too off. I see yours Well, I wear mine more than you. Mine, mine, <laughs> at least when I buy mine, it has one with it. But, you know, it's, it, you get in these hearings, and if, and if I think the witness, if I think the witness isn't being square with me and it's, it's going to get kind of heated, you just don't – I mean, maybe it's just me – I just don't feel right without the jacket on. I feel like you got to get after it. It's, like it's, it's part of the It's inhibiting, mode. right? Yeah. So uh, I guess maybe that's all. That's great. Well, did you know your jacket has a Twitter account? Yeah, it been, is at Jay Jordan's jacket. Yeah, I've been told that. So <laughs> I don't really really follow it, but some of the some of the folks in the well, office. Apparently, do. some people do. They do. <laughs> well, they're going to start a Jody Heist jacket. Where's Jody Heist jacket here? Pretty soon. Oh uh, well, I'll find it. It's it's sitting around here somewhere. Well, listen. Thank you so you much, bet. Jim, for joining us. Thank uh, you. And listen, for those of you listening, if you have a moment, please take time to rate this program, to review it, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And be sure to join us next week. We're going to be uh, joined by another board member of the Freedom Caucus, Andy Biggs from Arizona. We'll be talking about the out-of-control debt and the spending and what to do about it. So be sure to join us for that. And also to remember to follow us at facebook.com slash Caucus and through our Twitter handle, at Freedom Caucus. Until next time, this is Jody Heiss on the Freedom Caucus podcast. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.